Hello and welcome to Messages at BBC. In these messages, you'll hear from professors, staff, guest speakers, as well as students. These messages were spoken and recorded on campus at Boise Bible College. If you'd like to check out Boise Bible College, please see our website at boisebible.edu. It is good to be back with you all today. My wife and my wife Faith and I just moved back to Washington State a few weeks ago. And man, it's been a rough transition, the roughest transition back home that I've had to deal with. But we are both happy to be close to our families, and we are excited for what God has in store for us. It is such an honor to be here with you today. I sat for five years in the same seats you are sitting in, listening to great speaker after great speaker come across this stage. And now I get, to, I get the honor of sharing that stage with some of the best speakers I've ever heard. Thank you for sharing this moment with me. As we share this moment, I want to invite you to go on a journey with me. If you accept this invitation, may I ask that as we travel, you open your heart and allow yourself to feel the gravity of this situation. To be vulnerable, to allow your emotions to come through. This voyage is not an easy one. It will hurt, but the pain does not last. To help guide us through this journey, I brought a friend along. You'll hear from him in a moment. I brought him along because I cannot give you the eyewitness account that brings this expedition to life. I hope that through my friend's story, you see that submission to death is the subversive trait that will bring an uproar to our communities. Let me see if he's ready. Man, this is a hard memory to write down. Ever had one of those memories that no matter how many times you replay it, no matter how many times you tell it to somebody, you get a little choked up inside, maybe even get tears? This is one of those stories that does it for me. It was around 30... Now, Jesus was one of the most unique people that I've ever met. Something about him was different. It was brighter, pure. Felt like the presence of God was emanating from him. And I grew up as a Jew, and I knew the promise of a Messiah. But could this really be him? Could this be the person that prophets talked about for hundreds of years? I had to know. 
And I think he saw that I wanted to know the truth about him, and he invited me to follow him. For the next three and a half years, Jesus and I and the other disciples went all around Jerusalem. And I was amazed at his poise and his posture. He had a great kindness, a love for serving God and serving people. And he, the way he shared the truth was unlike anything I've ever seen. It cut right through all of the excuses and justifications of people's actions, right to their heart. Now, a lot of people didn't like hearing the truth, but no one could deny the wisdom that was given by God to him. Jesus had the power to perform miracles. Miracles that haven't been seen for hundreds of years. Miracles that only God could perform. He turned water into wine. He healed a royal official's son who was on the way, or while we were on the road. The son was a city away. He fed 5,000 people with just a few pieces of bread and fish. He healed a man that was paralyzed from the waist down for 38 years. He walked on water. He healed a man born blind. He even raised Lazarus from the dead. As we traveled with Jesus, we began to believe that he was the Son of God the promised Messiah. And I grew to love him like a son loves a father, a mother loves a daughter, and like a sheep loves their shepherd. Not only did my love for Jesus grow, but my love for the disciples grew, and we became closer than brothers. We still had our squabbles like all siblings do. And one fateful night, one of those brothers betrayed Jesus, Judas Iscariot. Jesus was arrested and interrogated by the Jewish high council, the Sanhedrin, and then he was taken to Pilate. They charged him with blasphemy and were seeking his death. They took Jesus to Pilate, and Pilate wasn't a good friend of the Jews. But Pilate found no guilt in Jesus. He sought his release. The Sanhedrin would not have it. Pilate getting nowhere with the Jews, trying to fight for Jesus' release, decided to punish Jesus in hopes that that would satisfy them. Jesus was tied to a post and whipped. The whip that the Romans used had three prongs, and each prong had pieces of metal fashioned to it. So it would dig in and rip flesh from bone. I stood by watching in horror as the soldier came up behind Jesus. Jesus. 
to watch the first strike hit Jesus. Those prongs dug in and ripped out, spruing blood all over. The shock on Jesus' face and the cry of pain was more than I could bear. I shuddered and tears started flowing down my face. This is the Son of God, not some common criminal. The only crime Jesus had was telling the truth. Jesus did not deserve this kind of torture. This kind of torture was designed for terrorists and sinners like me. Every time the whip hit Jesus, I shuddered and my knees got weaker. I wanted to run over and cover Jesus with my own body to save him from this abuse. When they finished, Jesus' entire back was bloody. Chunks of flesh barely hanging. Chunks of flesh missing from his back. To add insult to injury, the Romans got a dirty, stained purple robe and put it on him. They fashioned a crown of thorns and put it on his head, pushing it into his skull so blood started dripping down his face. Soldiers mocked him, saying, Hail, the king of the Jews! Pilate brought Jesus out to the crowd and said, Behold, I am bringing him out to you so you know that I find no fault in him. Jesus slowly walked out, barely able to hold himself up from the pain. The crowd was not satisfied. Torture was not enough. To see this man beaten and bloody, barely able to walk, only fueled their bloodlust more. Crucify him, they shouted. Pilate, for a third time, tells the crowd, I find no fault in this man. But the Jews informed Pilate about a Mosaic law that if somebody claimed to be the son of God, he was to be put to death. I could see Pilate getting a little scared. Not only was this possibly the king of the Jews, but this was possibly the son of their God. Jesus continued to seek Jesus' excuse me, Pilate continued to seek Jesus' release. Then the Jews pulled the trump card. If you let this man go, you are no friend to Caesars, they shouted. Pilate was scared to condemn an innocent man but also scared of what the Jews would report to Caesar, which would most likely end in Pilate's own death. He walks to the judgment seat and says, Behold your king. The crowd shouts, We have no king but Caesar. Crucify him. And my heart 
sink further into my chest every time they yelled crucify. Pilate succumbed to the wishes of the Jews and hands over Jesus to be crucified. Jesus had to carry his own cross, which was a beam that stood about this long and weighed about 50 to 75 pounds. Carried it all the way to Golgotha. The Romans had taken the purple robe off but left the crown of thorns on. And you could see the wounds opening in Jesus' back as he walked to go, till Golgotha, leaving a trail of blood. When Jesus reached Golgotha, the soldiers tied his arms to the beam, and I wanted to run off and push off the soldiers and take Jesus' place on the cross. But I couldn't. They nailed his hands and his feet to the cross and lifted him up. Above Jesus' head was a placard that read, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. It was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. All who walked by, Jew or Gentile, watched the king suffer. Read the inscription, much like Isaiah foretold. As the minutes and hours passed, Jesus' body slowly sank down the cross. Blood stained the wood behind him and pulled at the ground under him. There was dried and fresh blood streaming down his face from the crown of thorns. Jesus, with what little strength he had left, said, I am thirsty. They put a sponge on a branch of hyssop and dipped it in sour wine and gave Jesus a drink. Jesus, knowing that everything that he was sent on earth to do was accomplished, even submission to death. It is finished, exclaimed Jesus, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It was a sight that I honestly tried to forget at times. So much blood, watching one of my best friends, the man that I loved as a son loves a father, get mutilated and killed. But I cannot unsee the death of my king, and I will never forget it, and neither should you. The next day was the Sabbath of the Passover. Jesus died on the preparation of the high Sabbath for Passover. So the Jewish high council went to the Roman authorities and asked for each man uh, that was on the cross for their legs to be broken so they did not hang up on the Sabbath. So the Mosaic law would not be transgressed. When they got to Jesus, Mary, as I was holding Mary, was crying. He's already dead. Don't mutilate his body anymore. Roman soldiers looked and Jesus looked dead. To check, they took a th spear and thrust it into his side. 
and blood and water came out on the blade, signifying his death. As I reflect on that day, I saw these events take place. I testify to their truth. And I do it so that you may believe Jesus is the promised Messiah. That you may believe Jesus was the Messiah that prophets spoke about and the Messiah that submitted to death for you. I know everything that happened that day was the fulfillment of scripture. Moses gave us the instructions for what a perfect Passover sacrifice would be. One of those instructions was not a bone of the sheep shall be broken and not a bone of Jesus was broken. Zechariah prophesied that God would pour out his spirit of grace and supplication so that they, the transgressors, would look on those that on him whom they pierced. Isaiah predicted that there was going to be a servant of God who suffered. Jesus submitted to death, just as scripture and the prophets foretold. Joseph of Arimathea had requested the care or to care for the body of Jesus, and Pilate granted it. Joseph had bought a tomb nearby in a garden, a tomb where no one had been laid before. Nicodemus also brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds worth. This act of caring for the body and burying Jesus would have made Joseph and Nicodemus unclean. No doubt, Jesus' Jesus's death gave them the courage to step out of the shadows and publicly support Jesus and face ridicule and earthly judgment from their Jewish brothers. This act of caring for the body of Jesus made them unclean, so they could not go into the temple, could not celebrate Passover, which was one of the biggest Jewish festivals all year. Jesus' submission to death already was taking hold of people, and they began to submit to God and death, just as Jesus did. Jesus' submission to death was the subversive trait that captivated people. Now I'm going to turn it over to Josh again. Can you imagine being John and watching the crucifixion in person? Especially after spending three years with Jesus. To be honest, I don't know if I could stand there and watch 
the Romans mutilate and kill one of my best friends, my Lord and Savior. Jesus submitted to the path that God laid in front of him, and it was a bloody one. Are you prepared to submit like Jesus? Our submission to God will be noticed by the world around us. And what happens when the light of your submission to God meets the darkness of this world? This world, Satan, will fight and bring you suffering. There will always be some kind of cost for our submission. Sometimes it's simple and small, within our control to change. Sometimes it's big and complicated, like an innocent man dying in a horrific death. I believe that Jesus' submission to death was that subversive trait that captivated everyone. It surely captivated the disciples. It captivated Joseph and Nicodemus, which prior to Jesus' death were scared to tell everybody they believed in Jesus. It has captivated me. Jesus' submission to death is the reason why all of us are sitting in these chairs today. If we can show submission to God through submission to our governing authorities, yes, even submission to death. That is what will catch on. That is what will continue to subvert our communities and cause an uproar. As I close, let me ask you a question. Do you want to change the world around you? Do you want to create an uproar in your community? I do. And after studying this text and Jesus' submission to death, I realized that my own lack of submission to God has hindered my ability to create an uproar with the people around me. I did not want to submit, especially submitting to death. But I now see the necessity of submitting to God and being willing to submit to death. I pray that none of us here have to die in such a horrific way. But I hope you, like me, are now willing to submit even to death. Because submission to death is that subversive trait that captivated people and started an uproar that we feel 2,000 years later. Let us to continue, let us continue to subvert the world and cause an uproar by submitting, submitting even to death. Thank you for listening today. Boise Bible College exists to raise up leaders for the church where we value scholarship, humility, innovation, and community. For more information about Boise Bible College, please see boisebible.edu.